You're listening to the DGD Podcast. Sponsored by La Touraine. Here's your hosts, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. Welcome back to the DGD Podcast. Listen, happy Friday. And as my friend Dave Chappelle once said, it's a celebration, bitches. All right? (laughs) Dogs making history. Dogs making history. Five defenders in the first round last night. And we're going to recap in-depth with you today. But listen, obviously, as you know, Patrick Oliver. But we're going to welcome Lamar Lovelace from the 100 Sanford Podcast. Lamar, welcome to the show, my man, and thanks for coming on. What's going on, guys? I'm glad to be here. Glad to be a part of the team today. Let's get it in. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. Great night last night. Right? Boy, we are coming in hot. All right. <laughs> Listen, Trey Scott, the Brinks truck is coming, my man. I'm telling you. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Right, we're starting off right now. This narrative that Georgia can't develop, and especially at the D-line position, just got shit on last night. I'm telling you right now. Period. And it ain't over. It ain't over. We still got night two, night three, and then even next year, because we got one of our best defenders from last year, ain't even ain't even eligible for the draft, right? So the hits will keep coming for anybody that wants to sit there and talk shit on these Georgia Bulldogs. But with that being said, guys, I just want to get y'all's opinions. Uh, did y'all did y'all stay for the whole draft? I know Lamar, you're a Pittsburgh fan. You know, I know you. you know, we had a little bit of discussion here about this prior to. Right. But, you know, did you stick around for the entirety of the uh, first round? And what were your takeaways from the draft? So, first of all, you're like you're kind of like digging a a stake into my back right now because I had to stick around and watch that nonsense after after the Steeler draft. But, um, yeah, I mean, we were doing a draft on the uh, Sports Podium podcast, the other show that I have. And um, we wanted to kind of dig into each pick, give our synopsis of those guys and where they would go. And it was it was an exciting draft, quite honestly. When you look at all the trades that went on, you look at all the movement that went on, where we really thought these guys would would pan out and pan out best. It was a great night for a lot of these players, especially our dogs, man. I mean, I, I'm excited to, at where these guys landed up um, throughout the draft. But it's going to be an interesting, you know, day two, like you said. There's a lot of guys that are still on the board. There's a lot of teams that still have a lot of movement, a lot of places that they the uh, you know the future dolls can go to and actually really make an impact. So. I know a lot of people are down that Dean did not get drafted immediately, but he's in a great position, quite honestly. Sometimes you don't want to go to some of these mediocre teams that are just looking to fill a spot. You want to go to your the perfect spot for you, and I guarantee you he's going to end up somewhere perfect. And don't don't you know just gloss over this. Tendall could go somewhere with him because those two are best friends, and you know teams like that, GMs like that, that that camaraderie. Bring the, bring both of those guys and let them be like almost like a package deal. So it's going to be interesting here in day two. You know, Lamar, you, you spoke about that perfect, right? We talk about this. Listen, our obviously we're going to break down each of these five draft picks, right? But I do I like your point about Tyndall and Dean potentially being there, right? Because you have Quay and Devontae, right, yeah. playing together. And if anything tells you, it's the fact that you look at this defense as a whole this past year, how well they gelled together, right, from mm-hmm. the defensive line, to the second level and all the way back into the secondary, the gel 
and the chemistry, camaraderie, all you know, all these points are here. It was it was a perfect a hot blend. It was just beautiful to watch, right? It wouldn't surprise me to see that, right? And listen, we're gonna talk about Green Bay in just a second. Green Bay, as much as as much as they wanted a receiver, I'm telling you right now, Green Bay fans, I'm gonna talk more about this. You got some dogs, figuratively and literally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You did. Yeah. I promise you. I promise you. You got some dogs, <laughs> Patrick. As as a one as as someone with a Atlanta Braves hat on, and the national championship shirt, what were your takeaways from the draft from last night, man? Well, first of all, since you mentioned that, y'all look right here, right there, and right here, both. Okay. Now, yeah, I I um I stayed up for the whole thing. Uh, it was a long night, early morning. Um, as I told both of you before the show, I had a lot going on. I had the, the draft on the TV. I had the, the Braves game on the uh, iPad, and I had my phone going. I was on KTG 13 stream because I was trying to keep him updated with both at the same time. But I also stay up because I predicted on this show that I was calling five dogs in the first round, and I had to wait and see if my prediction came true. Lewisine, I love you, baby. Thank you. You got my you got my number right. I'll, I'll tell you this to add to that fifth uh, draft pick, right? I'd been calling that. And listen, there were talks prior to this draft. You you could see three, right? All the way, maybe down as low as three, right? For me, I just felt like three was a lock. I felt like there were four locks, right? I think I had it wrong though. I had it wrong. You know, the NFL proved me wrong, right? Because I had obviously you had Trayvon Walker, you had. Jordan Davis, Devontae White, and Nicobe Dean. However, he is still on the board, which some team is about to get a absolute animal, all right, and a pissed off yeah. one at that. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> an absolutely pissed off animal at that. But nonetheless, you know, you sit there and Lugia, uh, Lugia I hope I said this right, says the year the dog continues. And listen, Lamar, you, you've got the dog gear on. We have all got Georgia gear on. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. It is, you know, for 41 years, and anybody that wants to sit here and bash on us for 41 years, and and even after the fact, oh, it'll take another 40. First off, fuck off with that nonsense. Second off, second, listen, the fact that you, if you're a Braves fan, World Series, not only does that, and then you get Georgia winning your national title, right? You sit there, and now you see this draft class, like the combine, right? Advertisement, boom, continuous Georgia propaganda advertisement come into the draft from start to finish, literally from start to finish of night one, it's Georgia Bulldogs, right? So the year of the dog does continue, and it's going to continue tonight, and it's going to continue Saturday, maybe to a lesser extent Saturday, because, hell, most of our guys are going to be gone in the first two nights, all right? Simple enough. Simple enough. Now, I do want to talk about this before we recap our night one, guys. What are some expectations for night two, right? Night two uh, recap in the second, or sorry, second and third round encompasses this, uh, night two. Lamar, what are your predictions, uh, expectations for night two tonight if you're watching the draft? You know, from a Georgia perspective, Georgia player perspective, or just the NFL perspective, which way you want me to go? Whichever one you want, man. I'll let you know. Well, it's your. Watch for an explosion of offensive players that come off the board for the dogs. Now we're talking about Zeus. Now we're talking about Pickens. Now we're talking about Cook. And everybody has to remember, this defense, I mean, this, this draft was so loaded with defensive players, it pushed some of the offensive players down. If George Pickens would have been a healthy George Pickens, he would have gone into the first round. Had he not torn the ACL, we would have had six, six dogs in there, right? 
So now you're probably going to see those guys come off the board. I think you're going to see them come off relatively earlier um, than later. Um, heck, I'm a Steeler fan. I'm not going to make any bones about it. I'm hoping that they trade half of their draft picks just to move up to get George Pickens because we need an additional wide receiver. But I think these guys are some key influential pieces for some offenses. Heck, you're looking at a Green Bay Packer team that just took two dogs. They need a receiver as well. The Baltimore Ravens need a receiver. A guy like George Pickens is perfect for any team out there. And then you got those running backs. You got Zeus. You got Cook. The running back class isn't deep this year. You're looking for more for a specialist. And Zeus is one of those guys that can run between the tackles. He's getting back to being completely healthy. I'm talking, you know, five-star Zeus. And you got Cook who's probably, he's the wild card. He's a guy that you can play as a running back, third down back, put in a slot, be a nightmare for a team by putting him in a slot against another linebacker. All those wheel routes he ran at, at, at Georgia. He's going to be a, he's going to be a nightmare for a team. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking for these teams to really fill out their roster with guys that are influential pieces to fill what they, you know, maybe just missed out on here in the first round, not, not having enough picks, so to speak. You know, I, I love the fact that you brought up five-star Zeus because, listen, <clears throat> five-star Zeus out of high school, out of Laurenburg down here, need I say. Uh, and, and listen, Laurenburg and Lumberton are close together, which we know uh, former Steelers Tim Worley, uh, which will be on the show Monday, uh, just letting you know. Uh, with that being said, though, you know, you talk about that five-star Zeus, physical freak. Right? Yeah. Absolute freak. All right, one of the best high school tapes, in, in my opinion, from a running back I've seen ever, right, ever. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. And you, look, and you look at the ACL injuries and two injuries like that, I understand. But one of the things about Zeus, and I think it would fit perfect, like you said, in a team, like the like in a cold-weather team, give me mm -hmm. the Ravens, give me give me the Bills, right? Yeah. Cold-weather, contending team. But, you know, sit there and look at what he does, right? You know he runs the tackles. But an underrated piece of Zeus is his ability to catch the ball. Yeah. And we saw that this past year, right? If he has, if, if he's given enough opportunities, he can still do that. Not as not listen, he's not a James Cook when it comes to receiving, but he's more than he's more than capable of handling that duty if he needs to. Yeah. I, I, and listen, you said the offense. George Pickens is going to to he's going today. It would not surprise me to see his name. First off the board to uh, Tampa Bay, it would not surprise me. However, yeah. my and I talked about this on the show uh, Monday. Pickens to Green Bay would be an absolute haul for Green Bay. Green Bay fans would be absolutely ecstatic and rightfully so because if you pair Aaron Rodgers and George Pickens together, you, listen, I'm just saying. Everybody wants to talk and, and shit on George for his character issues as he was a freshman and sophomore. Listen. He's not the same kid. However, give him give him a situation where a quarterback will sit there and, and, and mentor him as well, and not, you know, mature up in a little bit. Talent's out the talent is not even a question. Not even a question. Right? Yeah, you know what, Rob? I think what people have to realize is that you know that was that was his freshman year. Come on, I mean, how how long are we going to continue to bring up these character issues where a kid is a five star talent? He's excitable. He's a kid that loves to play the game. I mean, you you turn on those lights and George Pickens turns on. It's hard to turn off that emo that much emotion. And even George, uh, and even uh, Kirby Smart, you know, after the freshman year, said, "Hey, you know what? He's got a lot of maturing, a lot of things he's got to grow up on." But we haven't heard anything about George Pickens as a sophomore. 
as a junior. And there's a guy that did not have to come back and play in the final games of this year. He came back. That's character in itself to risk mm-hmm. yourself, risk eventual injury, a possible injury, right, and come out and still show out. The kid's phenomenal to me. I think no matter where he goes, he's just going to continue you know, to rise up the board in terms of being one of those top NFL elite talents, but also prove a lot of people wrong when it comes down to these character issues. That's what kind of bothers me about that whole thing. You know, the one thing about you, you mentioned his emotion, and I'll tell you this, it's a lot easier to tone it down than it is to put it in somebody, period. That's Simple right. enough. Simple enough. Right. Yeah. But listen, so we've talked about George Pickens. The best player on that defense, arguably, is still in the second round. He's still on the board, and that's Nicobe Dean. Yeah. So, Patrick, I want to ask you what what's going on, like Nicobe Dean, to fill us in, my man. I think um, somebody is going to get the steal of the century today. I, I I see because I don't, you know, people want. Well, he didn't compete in the combine. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Watch the damn tape. We've said it over and over again. You don't know what you're missing out on. Okay, sure, he may be a little small compared to what an NFL team may be looking at in a linebacker. But that IQ and those instincts that that man has are second to none in my book as far as right now. And if he does not go very early today, I mean, one, two, three, I don't somewhere in that in, in top five today. If he does not go in that top five today, I will be completely shocked. I'm pissed off right now because he didn't go last <laughs> Dude, look, there's a there's a good chunk of Georgia fans that are pissed off, and rightfully so. You know, like, and listen, my, leading up to this draft, I thought that you could see Nicobe Dean go to a couple places, right, and and almost be a perfect fit. I had three. I, I talked about I had him going uh, to the Eagles, but that's one. But also, I thought the Steelers could have had him. Right, Steelers could have done that. I think, you know, and, and Lamar and fill me in on this, but you know. Mm-hmm you're missing that linebacker that you used to have with Shazier, right? And obviously the whole situation with Shazier was very unfortunate. And, and but you look at N'Kobe Dean and that instincts, right? You look at the, in a, or the AFC North, I should say. Mm-hmm. When I go back and I look there, you, James Harrison's one guy like that right there, but you look in the guys like in the AFC North, like Baltimore, right? With Ray Lewis, linebackers, defense, 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 right? You could look at Nicobe Dean being that piece that just sit there and be a centerpiece for a decade in the still curtain, right? Yeah. But then you also look at Cowboys, right? Cowboys, there's some Cowboys fans I know, and and they were not happy about their pick, although it was a need. Who they picked was a little bit of a question. But listen, Nicobe Dean in that linebacking core in Dallas, opening up what could be more potential for Michael Parsons, scary, absolutely scary, right? But the Cole Strange going to the Patriots just made to me it's Belichick. He defies logic. He knows something. He knows something. But I'm sitting there. My literal thought process was like, all right, Dean's still on the board. Patriots moved back. I'm like, all right, Dean, right there, calling that. And then they pick Cole Strange, and I'm like, wait, all right. So this is strange. Okay, what's going on here? Uh, pun intended on that one. But obviously, look. So we've talked about you know the. the the day, uh, the night two potential here. We ain't, I don't even know if anybody brought up Jamari Sawyer, but listen, Jamari Sawyer, right? And I and I and when I was sitting here looking at Aiden Hutchinson going to Detroit, happy for him. All I could think about was what Jamari Sawyer did <laughs> at the tackle position as a natural guard against the number two overall pick. 
he went against the number one overall pick every day in practice. You've got to be a night two pick at that point. Like, you, you just have to. You, I, am I crazy to think that? Like, especially Guys. with what you're looking at in the offensive line situation, what's on the board right now, he's got to be a day two. And maybe even Justin Schaefer, but I feel like he might be an early day three. I look at Jamari Sawyer as Brandon Brooks that ended up with the Houston, Texas, uh, that, that eventually went to the Philadelphia Eagles. A plug-and-play guy that can really be there for 10 to 12 years that was very underrated. I mean, he's a guy that's probably going to go anywhere he wants to go. He's going to play anywhere from left tackle to left guard to right guard to right tackle. No matter where he goes, just depends on the perfect situation. No character issues, great leader. You know what I mean? One of those guys is going to really galvanize an offensive line and really be a plug-and-play guy. Someone is getting a bona fide stud that late in the draft. I mean, I don't I don't think he's going to go second round. I'm probably projecting him to go maybe third or fourth round because this is the round I again, I see the running backs, the wide receivers really get taken. You know, kind of want to go right back to what you said with Dean. You know, him and Pittsburgh would have been phenomenal, but they picked up Miles Jack, right? So they picked up Miles Jack in the offseason to pair with Devin Bush. I'm going to tell you the perfect scenario for Dean. Dean would actually be the Jets or the Houston Texans, both of them that need a linebacker. And they, you know, playing with a Lovey Smith, playing with a Salas or Sala over there at uh, the Jets would be phenomenal, who already had a phenomenal draft. But back to Sawyer, I mean, I think he's just a plug-and-play guy. He's a lunch pail guy. He's going to dominate whenever, wherever he goes. I'm hoping the Steelers actually get him. I mean, it, it, listen, whoever gets him, I don't care who it is, he automatically makes your linebacker room better significantly. Yeah, And it's the leadership. Listen, if, if you're unfamiliar, and I'm going to tell you two two plays. Two pl- I'll keep it at two for now because we've got some dogs to talk about <laughs> in the draft picks. Two plays this season, all right, or three. I'm doing three. Nah, there's three. The two noteworthy. Sorry. All right, first play. Instincts alone tells you what you need to see here, all right? Kentucky. I- I've mentioned it before. I'm going to say it again. Kentucky game. Levis rolls out to the right. Throws it back with a screen to the running back, Chris Rodriguez, right? Yeah. One def- one Georgia defender is there to make a tackle for loss, while every single, all other 10 are chasing the quarterback, pursuing. Who's that, Lamar? Can you can you tell me? I think it would be N'Kobe Dean for 100. Dean, I'll take <laughs> uh, SS 200 on the board. There you go. All right, <laughs> next one. Orange Bowl. My man is lined out wide. Blake Corman, lined out wide. He is man up on him. Right, looking at that right there, he sees he sees him take off. No questions about it. Full sprint, perfect angle, tackle for loss. Boom, right there. Instincts, sideline to sideline speed. What else do you need? Channing Tindall oofs messes up a little bit. Right, it's okay. Channing Tindall messes up just a tad bit. Right, almost gets a touchdown up. Choose his ass out. Right. What happens next play? Mm-hmm. and Tindall goes back there for the sack. Third third down sack for that matter, right? There you go. Right? Leadership. All you, you notice in those three plays, I mentioned leadership, sideline to sideline speed, instincts, right? The only thing I can't say is measurables because he has five. He's not even six feet. But look outside of this, right? You look at this right here. Those things right there. You can teach, sure, whatever. But you can't teach the speed, even though he's not the fastest linebacker, right? But I'm just saying, whoever gets him, 
whoever, whichever GM, if you're listening, I, I doubt it, but whatever, you're going to make the right call selecting the Kobe Dean. No question yeah. about that. No That's question. why I brought up Chicago and, and you know, Lovey Smith, who's now coaching the Texans. He, he, people forget Ooh. there was a guy named Mike Singletary, right, that played for Chicago. That's Ray the coach Lewis. Dean. Yeah, Ray Lewis, who's not who wasn't the biggest guy himself. But, I mean, who wasn't the fastest guy himself. But, you know, there's a there's a such there's a thing in football where it's game intelligence, which actually gives you that that point three point four extra in speed. It actually gives you that two inches you know, taller in your measurables that gives you that little bit of more quickness. It's game speed, his processing speed. I haven't seen anybody. And I, and, and I actually talked to Emery Hunt from uh, CBS. He's the analyst about N'Kobe Dean. He said, you know what? I have not seen anyone that's been able to process the game as a middle linebacker at his stage in college in a long time, guys. And that's how much he meant to the Georgia defense. I mean, I think we saw a legendary defense this past year, but all of them will agree to say, they would not have been the defense they would have been without N'Kobe Dean. And that tells you a lot of his movement going into the NFL. He goes to the right team. Guys are going to follow him in that locker room, and they're going to become a legendary defense as well, I believe. So somebody's some, – 31 teams whiffed, but somebody's going to get a gem today. I guarantee it. Yep. Now, there were some teams that didn't have the first-round pick. However, yeah. they had the potential to move up is what we're catching <laughs> sure did. All right, keep that in mind. But now we're talking about night one and our dogs in the NFL. Listen, Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm telling you right now. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You, you sit there. You took it. You took a chance on a guy with a very high upside, right? You had Aiden Hutchinson there. You can look at Kayvon Thibodeau, right? See, see their stats, right? Stats, a lot of sacks, right? Fair enough. But I'm telling you right now, it will not matter. Because Trayvon Walker, and you selected him right here, can do anything and everything you need. And if you tell him to specialize, I'm telling you right now, his upside, it will it will translate. Okay? First off, here's what you're getting out of Trayvon Walker. And I'm going to let all these guys talk to you about this. All right, Jacksonville, Duval, right? You're, I'm telling you right now, you are getting a physical freak. Physical freak. You see him at the combine, right? That's probably where you notice what's going on here, right? 6'6", 272, 4'5", 30, 35-and-a-half-inch vert, 35-inch arms, right? Physical freak. Looks like he came out of a damn lab. Probably right. But he also came out of a Georgia lab, okay? Keep that in mind. Second off, listen, there are some things that he did at Georgia that you probably aren't aware of, which is why you probably are listening to us right now, okay? As a freshman at 290 pounds, Covering almost 300 pounds, kickoffs, running kickoffs as a 300-pound athlete, basically. And against Auburn, right, one of the best running backs in the country, arguably, coverage, in coverage, pass breakup against Tank Bigsby down the field. It's not even at the, not even in the flats. Down the field, runs with him, pass breakup as a freshman at 290 pounds. He's now 270, running a 4.5. Listen. That is faster than some most receivers. <laughs> okay. Like I said, the, the physical freak is there, right? But even more so, it's stuff inside that you don't see it either. It's his work ethic. My man comes in, goes to work. Extremely physical. If you go back, Lamar, Patrick, if y'all know where I'm talking about this, sugar, uh, the Orange Bowl, there's a pulling guard from a Joe War, Joe Moore award-winning offensive line that my, he took my man's soul. 
and still got corn behind the line of scrimmage. Okay. By himself in that regard, <laughs> you, you worry about him as a pass rusher or anything like that. I'm telling you, he, he can do it, but he can also help you in the run. And he's going to do that effectively and immediately. I promise you, he's only going to get better from here. Lamar, Patrick, is there anything else y'all want to add to what Jacksonville fans can expect with Trayvon Walker? I'll take, I'll take this in first Lamar if that's all right with you. Sure. Um, like it's things that people don't see. Okay. I'm going to bring up a couple things that, that Georgia does and Georgia did all year. And it's part of the reason why that. Okay. Skull sessions where these guys would get in the room and they talk about a little bit of everything, not just football, but they would, they would raise each other up. They would hold each other accountable. They would do all, they all bought into that Trayvon, included especially but so you've got that and like rob said their work ethic that nobody outworked these guys nobody okay so when you get trayvon you get all that mental and and and, and, and emotional um, strengths that he's got there but you also you got that guy on the edge you got that guy he can go get your quarterback he can go after your running back but he can also drop back in coverage and like rob said He'll, he'll be there for uh, to break up a pass. I mean, you've got a very versatile, very strong athletic bulldog in Trayvon Walker. Jacksonville should be jumping for joy right now. Lamar's looking like he's got some wise words here. He's, I, I see well, well, you know, when you think about it, okay, think of the Jaguars. And when you think of that team, you, you got players that left that team and continue to leave that area, that franchise, because of culture. You go and you get a guy that comes from a winning culture, that comes from a Kirby Smart culture, that comes from a Georgia culture. That's a program changer. You know, you picked the quarterback last year that you thought was going to be, you know, in sunshine, your revolutionary franchise quarterback. You got that guy. That's on the offensive side. Now you need that defensive presence. You need that guy that's able to come in, that's going to galvanize that locker room, galvanize that defensive line and say, you know what? I don't have to have 15 sacks a year, guys. I don't have to have 20 sacks a year, guys. I just need to dominate when I need to dominate. I'm going to give you a great example, and his name is Aaron Donald that's out there in L.A. Aaron Donald did not have the greatest year of his career this year, but he showed up in the biggest moments because he's that guy that can actually do that. Change the culture around in L.A., right, with the Rams. Trayvon Walker's the same type of guy, and you talk about his ability to actually play the position that they want him to play. A lot of people looked at his stats, but – Folks, I challenge you to go back and look at a Kirby Smart defense. Go back and look at those Alabama defenses, even when he was at Alabama. The stats and the measurables are not off the chart on any of those defenses. Those are guys that are consistent across the board, and all of those guys were getting drafted. Your job is to play your job, play your role for the collective whole. And what these scouts did was they looked at the individual talent. And again, I'm going to go back to Emory Hunt. I asked him this question off the, off the record, and I said, hey, you know, you were at the Combine. How do you ask a guy like a uh, Trayvon Walker or Devontae uh, Davis or um, uh, Davis, and you ask him, you say, hey, how good are you individually? How good are you? I mean, how it's because it's hard to tell playing within a team culture like this with that much talent. And all the scouts there looked at Emory and looked at Devontae at the same time and said, you know what? If you can play with that many stars and still shine. When you get to the NFL, it's not even going to be up. It's, it's, I mean, it's just going to, you're, you know, you're just going to be fitting your hand right into a nice snug glove. I mean, because these guys are able to do that. And when 
Walker gets to, to Jacksonville, it's going to be lights out. He's got Josh Allen on the other side. It's going to be it's going to be a great fit for, for Jacksonville. You know what, though? I'm going to add this one thing before we move on to our next draft pick. When everybody thinks of an edge rusher, what do they think of? The rusher side of things, right? Yeah, that's right. Guess what? There's one thing you overlook, and that's called edge, right? Yeah. Hear me out. It's, it's, yeah, you're all, yeah, you're on the edge, but there's a thing called setting the edge, right? That people overlook with, because they see the rushing side of things. And that it might be fair and understandable. However, if I'm, if I want an edge rusher, I want somebody that can get the passer and set the edge. And yeah. you cannot tell, listen, this Georgia defense is a perfect representation of why stats don't matter. Because everyone on that defense, so it was literally nicknamed the no-name defense because everybody played so well together, right? There was no Aiden Hutchinson with 10-plus sacks. You didn't see that. But what you did see was an absolute historic-type defense and, and apparently enough to where Georgia made history last night, right? He can set the – necessarily let him go tee off like you would think, like you would see with an Aiden or whatever but i know damn well you can do fine we've seen that too but also you like you said you get that swiss army knife he, he can drop back in coverage if you need him a lot cocktail party uh listen he can do he can do a lot of things he can even contribute special teams if you really want him to like i said if he was doing it at 290 he can do it at 270. with that <clears throat> excuse me now with that being said take a little trip down uh the, the draft lane right and we're going to spot 13 with arguably the heart of the Georgia defense. And that is Mr. Jordan Davis going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly, right? Right. That's it. I don't think I have to explain myself <laughs> when I say you've got yourself a monster of a man. Okay. 6'6", 341 at the combine running of 478. That should be that should defy the law of physics, okay? But he made it happen, right? You needed help in the run game, and you got that immediately, right? I, I, listen, I had him going to Baltimore at fourteen. I did not expect the Eagles to I jump ahead of Baltimore to get them, but the Eagles needed help. And listen, pairing him beside Fletcher Cox is going to benefit him immensely. Right from the start, because you take, you know, if you pair Fletcher Cox, there's listen against Alabama, he took on a triple team and held his own, a triple team from a Bama offensive line, triple team folks, not a double team, triple team, and 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 didn't didn't get reset from the line of scrimmage standpoint, he held his own, and that's like Evan Neal coming in and helping. Okay, Evan Neal just went to the Giants. That being said. You have, if you have Fletcher Cox and you have Jordan Davis on the field at the same time, I'm telling you right now, Fletcher Cox is about to be a happy, happy individual, okay? Jordan Davis demands a double team every single snap of the field. Every every snap on the field, he's there. He demands a double team because if not, he will annihilate anyone. And that's even NFL right now. Might be more experienced, but I'm telling you right now, by year two, year three, he if you put him one-on-one, -on -one, he will beat anybody in a one-on-one -on -one situation. With that being said, there's a chance you might even see him beat double teams, okay? All he's got to do is find that little gap, and he will force his way through it. It's literally like, like a floodgate with a dam crack, okay? He will do that, right? 
with that being said, I'm going to let these other guys speak because I could keep going on and on about Jordan Davis. Lamar, Patrick, what do y'all have to say about Patrick, Jordan Davis? Patrick, can I please take this one? Right because this is, in, this is interesting. You know, a lot of people look at Jordan Davis. They say the prototypical nose tackle. And heck, in Pittsburgh, they were saying draft the guy and then – Cam Hayward could be your, you know, can just be set free. I mean, another freak on on their defensive line. He's going to a 4-3, fellas. He's not going to be doubled. Fletcher Cox isn't going to be doubled. Derek Barnett's not going to be doubled. I mean, Brandon Graham's not going to be doubled. And Hassan Reddick had a a great year last year. This was the perfect pick. And, And when you look back at what Philadelphia was trying to do, they were trying to package to either move up to get a wide receiver or a guy like Jordan Davis. They realized they had the firepower to do so. Getting him allows their defense to really fly Eagles fly, quite honestly. You know, you don't have uh, Cox getting double teamed. And remember, people uh, fail to remember that Cox, he gave up an opportunity to move on to the Steelers to stay in in Philadelphia because I guess they promised them, one, more money. I mean, let's talk about it. It's free agency. But we're going to get somebody that can help you on the inside. And if it had not been Jordan Davis, it would have been Devontae White. It would have been somebody that was able to help him to free him up he's a little bit older in age but we're talking about still with with davis a guy that he has untapped potential even in terms of rushing the passer from what people what he was asked to do in georgia was to again play his part and another thing that really bothered me was going down a stretch here and people talk about his stamina and everything else go back and look at the talent that georgia had a constant flow a constant mix and match of, of players and again a legendary defense that had freshman and sophomores actually platooning he's more than a two down player if he needs to be he's a three down player and you know i think philadelphia is getting probably a bona fide stud for at least 10 years hopefully his body holds up that long and not only that he gets a you know gets a fresh deal from gino's uh you know cheesesteaks down there because they're gonna have to feed the big man keep feeding the big man and let him do what he does down there in philly that's all i'm saying about L- lamar that. to this point before i let patrick speak <laughs> listen he at, at some point Eagles Nation, if you are here, he played at 360. All right. In the SEC championship game, he was 360. He slimmed down in a month to 340. Okay. Yeah, man. Listen, I've had y'all's Philly cheesesteaks. They're <laughs> legit. Okay, right now, the, the key to tapping his untapped potential is to manage that weight. Keep him at, in the 340s, very low 340s. And I'm telling you right now, you could you will probably see a three down Jordan Davis, and that is downright terrifying in its own right. Yeah, yes. man. Patrick, yes. please go ahead. Um, just to, just to key off of what you guys said, um, the guy is a monster. There is no scenario where he would not benefit a defensive team in the in the in the NFL. He's like you know Robert was talking about find that find that hole. Jordan Davis is like water. And that's kind of crazy to say for somebody as big as he is, but Jordan Davis is like water. If there is the tiniest hole, he is going to find it, and he's going to get through it. And the other thing with that is goes back to work ethic. There's two words that floated around the Georgia Bulldogs locker room before the season started last year, and that was unfinished business. Jordan Davis could have been in the draft already. He could have already been in the NFL. He chose to come back for unfinished business, and that says something about his mentality. If – if Philadelphia shows him that he belongs with them, if, if Philadelphia makes him part of their family, which by all intents, they should and they will, he will work his ass off for them. He will keep working until the business is finished. And that's what you get 
with Jordan Davis. Yeah, Before great character, on, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I no doubt. Before we move on to our next draft pick, right, listen, for anyone out there that loves your star rankings and shit like that, he was just a three-star, guys. Just right. a three-star. One, two, three. Three. Three-star. Okay? Yeah. Another Chase guy, Aaron Donald, two-star, three-star, right? All those stars go. that people love. No, it does matter, but it doesn't matter all the way, okay? Just for the record. Yeah. With that being said, we're going to move on. And listen, I know there's some Packers fans in here because it's the G, baby. There's power in that G, all right? Hey, before, just before you get started, Rob, I just want to say I'm going to have to exit. I have to get ready for a meeting at 1 o'clock. I, oh. hate, I hate that I have to go. I appreciate the, the, the invite and all that. Lamar, it was good talking with you. Brigade, of course, I'll, I'll hop back in in the brigade and listen while I'm getting ready for my meeting. But I enjoyed it. Sorry I have to cut it a little short, but – Go dogs, and I'll be back anytime. All right, Patrick. Go dogs. Have a great day. Go okay. dogs. All right, Lamar. Yes, sir. Just the two of us now, man. You ready for this? I'm Packers ready. fans are about to love this because listen, I understand you wanted a receiver, right? I understand, especially in the first round. It's been since 2002. Javon Walker was the last skill position player y'all took in the first round. That drought is ridiculously long, and I understand. Y'all wanted to get that drought and in that drought. But I'm telling you right now, the two picks that we're about to discuss right now, we're, first off, we're going to talk about Quay Walker right here, right? One of your first, 22. And then a few picks later at 28, Devontae Wyatt, okay? We're going to wrap this up at both at the same time. Packer Nation, you got some dogs. I said at the beginning of the show, figurative, figuratively and literally, okay? Listen to me out. Quay Walker. Everybody thinks of Kobe Dean when it comes to linebackers, but I'm telling you right now, 6'4", 240, can, can pass coverage as well, extremely well, sideline to sideline speed, prototypical linebacker that you need, and I promise you, you're going to be happy. I understand it's defense, and you want a receiver, and I understand you're fighting that urge, but I'm telling you right now, there is a Georgia player on your roster that is now going to be in his second year called Eric Stokes. Y'all drafted him in the first round last year. Turned out to be pretty damn good, didn't he? That being said, Quay Walker can do the same exact thing, just on the different level, second level for y'all, okay? Great player. Instincts can set the edge. He's a great edge uh, edge setter. Uh, great in coverage. He'll definitely be able to sit there with his size and speed combination, be able to cover those tight ends, be able to cover those uh, running backs, you know, quick enough to cover the running backs, big enough to body those tight ends as well. Exactly what you need from a linebacker, okay? Exactly what you need. Lamar, do you have anything to add about uh, Quay Walker? Speed. Speed and intensity. You know, and and what people fail to also realize is that Quay has – he's got a lot of time. He's got a lot of experience. And there's there's been natural development that's come with it. And one of the things that's very underrated in a Kirby Smart defense and the way these guys develop in Athens and, and everyone kept saying, you know, you would see all the memes. Oh, he doesn't develop. Oh, he doesn't put guys in the NFL. Again. These guys have developed slowly, almost like in a slow cooker. And I know we love some brisket, but you don't cook that brisket fast. You cook it slow, baby. Let it burn. You slow get that char on the end. Slow. That's right. <laughs> and when you got Quay Walker, you got a guy that has a – oh, my gosh. His speed is outstanding, and his, his, his instincts are outstanding. He doesn't have to play the inside linebacker. He'll play that edge rush. And it's going to be that 34 defense, too, that they love in Green Bay. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. Um Green Bay already has a top 10 defense. 
That just goes to show you what they believe that they need. They they want two other dogs that that can actually put them in a position where, guess what? Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to drop back and throw for 340 and five touchdowns every game. They can squeak out a game 10 to 7 if they have to. I doubt it. They got, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. The second round's coming up. They're gonna they're gonna get you a wide receiver, but they also believe in their scouting department, much like some of these, you know the San Francisco's, the Pittsburgh's, the the New England Patriot type franchises that believe that, you know what, our scouting departments are that good. We could tap whatever we need to tap in the second, third round, and they're going to make sure they fill those holes. But with Quay Walker, it's going to be an outstanding addition to that team. And like you just mentioned, when you already got Stokes on one end and you got Alexander on the other, when you got dogs up front that can go hunt the quarterback, it makes those back end guys their jobs much much easier. It's it's going to be a nightmare for quarterbacks who have to go up against you know Green Bay with Quay Walker, and now we'll probably talk about my guy Devontae Wyatt as, as well. Before we before we do that, I'm just going to let y'all know, Green Bay fans, if you're listening to this, listen, <laughs> y'all drafted him before that Tennessee hat landed on the ground. Okay, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm referencing, I'm, listen, if you don't know what I'm referencing, please go to Google, YouTube, whatever. And type in Quay Walker commitment. All right. So just to preface this right now, uh, if you don't, if you're feeling lazy, I understand. Basically, it's between Georgia and Tennessee. Puts a Tennessee hat on and throws that thing up. And I, honestly, I think as well as he should. Gonna, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Goes into orbit. Listen, get that orange out the fucking picture. Period. All right. <laughs> period. Throws it up. I'm telling you, I think that thing went into orbit, hit the sun, burned up because I ain't seen it yet. All right. Y'all drafted it before it landed on the ground. Basically, what I'm saying. But that's that's just a little fun anecdote right there. However, moving on, 28, Devontae Wyatt. Listen, Devontae Wyatt had the potential to go up in the top 20, okay? So the fact that Green Bay gets him at 28, in my opinion, and like I said, I know it's not a receiver, but at 28, bearing now that we in hindsight, all right, hindsight is always right. The receivers that were on the board were not worthy of a first-round talent for that five-year contract, right? Apparently that's the view here. But I'm telling you right now, Devontae White is. Devontae White is. He's 310 pounds, and he can do everything. He can play three-tech. He can do five-tech. You slide him at nose tackle if you need to help. He can do it. He can. He is an excellent pass rusher, and he is also very, sol- uh, very solid in the run game. Okay? We talked about Stokes and Alexander at your, uh, you know, out there. Listen, I'm telling you right now, Stokes knows. But I'm telling you right now, the entire secondary – is extremely happy that y'all just shored up a top 20 talent in the back end of the first round, okay? 28, excellent, excellent value there for Devontae Wyatt. And like I said, if you need help in the run game, right, stop DeAndre Swift, I get it, right? That's why you got Quay Walker and you got Devontae Wyatt. The NFC North is loaded with dogs, which we'll talk about in just a minute, but when you've got those kind of running backs, things like, listen, you've got Dalvin Cook, you've got DeAndre Swift, you've got offense and, and a lot of it. Having him to get to the quarterback, but being able to solidify the run game as well, shoring up the run game, it's a win-win. I understand it's not a receiver, but that's a definite, definite win for Green Bay at 28. Well, Rob, let's be honest. I mean, it is Green Bay, right? It's a cheap organization. It's a It's a – it's a community-owned organization. So when it comes to drafting wide receivers, there's a reason why they don't do so. They don't want to pay those guys. Devontae Adams just left and went to the Los Angeles or Las Vegas Raiders because they didn't want to pay him. So when it comes time to drafting a wide receiver in the first round, the way the wide receiver market and pay is going, the pay scale, 
they almost look at it like, you know what? It's much easier to draft a guy in the second round, let that guy go eventually if he does if he's going to command much more money. And we didn't pay him a lot of money in the first place up on, on the up, you know, on the front end, right? Definitely discounts. Right, definite discounts. But when you're looking at Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackles, yeah, they're going to make the premium money as well, but it's nowhere near the stratosphere of what you're going to pay for a wide receiver. So what does Green Bay do? They look at getting the, the guy that's going to create the best value. Then you have Kenny Clark. Then you add a Jaron Reed. These guys, and platooning with those guys, again, keeping those guys fresh, like you said, being able to attack. You add a, a Quay Walker. You got a Preston Smith who's coming off the edge. It came from Baltimore last year. These guys are loaded on defense. So it was a very it was it was the perfect move by Green Bay. And hopefully, I think for their for their sake and Aaron Rodgers' sake and Green Bay fans' sake, they move up. I mean, there's a sky more that's available. Michi's still available. Watson, the kid from uh from the what is it, uh North uh, North, Dakota, North Dakota, State. Dakota State. Yeah. Yep. Even a George Pickens, which I'm hoping it doesn't happen because I want him in Pittsburgh. But those guys are available. So I think that's the reason why Green Bay slid down. And, and and it slid away from the, the wide receiver position and really went more towards the interior line because they got to fill that spot anyway. Kenny Clark isn't getting any younger, but he's still a dog. You know, obviously, listen, we're, since we're talking about both of these dogs here at, at Green Bay, there was one name and a big one that Green Bay lost, and that's Darius Smith. Yeah. So getting Quay Walker yeah. and Devontae Wyatt, listen, that right there is going to – you're going to replenish some of that production from him, all right? It, that right there, those two picks right there just lessen that blow. A tremendous amount. Okay. Yeah. And like and like Lamar said, there's there's talent and there's the receiver depth. It, yes, it's not Olave. Yes, it's not Garrett Wilson. <laughs> it's not one of those guys. Okay. I get it. It's not JMO. I get it. But second round for a discount, discount, guys. Discount, 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 double check, right? Discount you know double check. It's getting ready to Listen, say it, man. If you watch Pat McAfee show last night, he Aaron Rodgers was live on there, and he understands. Now, whether he's happy about it deep down, we don't know. But whenever your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, says, I understand when we drafted where we did, that we sure we didn't move up, right? It was a significant run starting at 11, okay, or actually at 10. But where they, they stood pat, and they just built their defense tremendously with two picks, okay? Defense wins championships. Your quarterback just said that last night on Pat McAfee's show. He trusts in the process. That's what's going on. He understands it's going to be some extra work with a second-round receiver. He gets that. It was going to happen with a first-round pick. He knows there's going to be some extra work because it's a young guy. He tells me that they might not look at in the receiver from the uh, free agency. Just focus on the draft. Build the receiving core back up, right? You lose Devontae Adams. That's a key piece there. Trust the process, Green Bay. Trust the process. Okay? Let me throw another nugget out there, Rob, there because go. they got defense, right? OBJ is still out there. So OB, a healthy, a healthier OBJ coming back maybe week four, week five, week six with Aaron Rodgers, a guy that doesn't really have to have, you know, that much continuity with a wide receiver, but with an elite talent can still happen. I, I, I actually project OBJ to end up there one year deal, two year deal, you know, hired hand, so to speak. Prove me, like a prove it Rodgers. deal. Prove it deal. Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there forever. And I don't think OBJ no. would want to be there forever either. I think he's one of those guys now. He's kind of going to be a journeyman that's really a hired, you know, a hitman for hire. So pretty much, yeah. Exactly. Who's super talented. And it, look, there's a niche for that, okay? There's a market for mercenary type players. It's okay. Yeah, man. Right? It's okay. <laughs> Listen, so obviously that's that meets four. But there's one more that we've covered, and it is the very last pick 
of last night's first round, and that is none other than the Minnesota Vikings, your skull, baby, skull, <laughs> picking Lewisine. And listen, listen, my Minnesota fans here, if you're listening, I promise you, you traded back with Detroit, okay? 12 to 32, that's 20 spots, right, for basic math for y'all that don't have to want to do that, right? You get some extra value picks, right? You could have gotten more, right? But you move back to the very last pick of the first round, and guess what? You could have had Kyle Hamilton, and I understand why you're pissed, but guess what? Lewis seen at 32 is more value than Kyle Hamilton at 12, and I'll tell you why. Because it's arguable that Lewis seen was safety number one. And I understand, and listen, Kyle Hamilton had a great career at Notre Dame. I'm not knocking that, not knocking that. But there's something about that separated these two guys, and it's called speed, right? Speed. I look at it this way. A little bit of a contrast here, and that's okay, right? Ed Reed and Palomalu did the same stuff. Lamar, you know where I'm about to go with this. Yeah. Palomalu had what? Physical. absolute wood on anybody that dared run in front of him right that's lewisine you're going to get him right there i'm telling you he is not afraid to hit anybody i guarantee if the damn off if jordan davis was running he might contemplate it but he would go for it okay <laughs> he would go for it bonafide hitter okay i know this was a targeting penalty but i'm telling you right now kyle pitts knows what i'm talking about when it comes to head hunting all right you're getting a bonafide thud you're a thumper that's what it is but he also has coverage ability that is un, underrated, in my opinion. Uh, look at the national title game. The slot receiver, I forgot who it was. I think it was, uh, oh, my God, was it Bolden? I think it was Slade Bolden. Bolden, Slade Bolden. Slade Bolden comes out there on a third, I think it's third and short, and mm-hmm. from his safety position makes the play. And that's where not only do you see his instincts and field IQ, you see the closing speed, his physicality, all of that in one play just shows you exactly what you're getting from Lewisine. But like I said, I understand it's a I understand it's a targeting penalty, but let's be honest. I want to get your thoughts on that, Kyle Pitts says. Listen, it's such a bang bang situation, right? But I'm telling you right now, whether it's a whether it's a flag or not, if I'm a receiver, I'm I'm scared about that. It, it's mm-hmm. going to make you second guess coming across the middle, knowing he's playing. That's all I'm going to say about that. You can stay, listen, Minnesota, you can stay mad if you'd like, but I'm here to tell you at 32, you got an excellent, excellent player that could also play a nickel corner if you need him to because yeah. of his speed and coverage ability. Okay. He doesn't have to be a true safety, but he can definitely fit a position in need. Listen, I know you need another corner. I get it. Listen, you got 34. Go get Andrew Booth. Fuck it. Go get him if you need to. Go for yeah. it. Or, or get Nicobe Dean at 34 and fill your linebacker situation. Whatever you want to do, fam. Whatever you want to do. Lamar, I'm going to turn it over to you. Minnesota fans, you know, might not be happy about it. Let them know why they should be okay. They'll, they'll Listen, you'll learn to love the pick, I promise. All right? You'll love it. They already Don't have a it. pro bowler in Harrison Smith. This is going to allow a guy like like Lewis Seen to really be Lewis Seen. Again, we're talking about a Georgia defense that neutralized the, the talent at times of some of these individual guys. We're talking about a Lewis scene that if Kirby Smart said, okay, really go out there and make plays, would have gone sideline to sideline, taking chances, 
But in a Georgia defense, you don't take chances. You don't you don't let guys get behind you. You live to play another down, kind of like that New England Patriots style defense. You are seeing, even with all of these guys that are being drafted, untapped potential, where a defense says, you know what, I'm going to actually put you in a slot. I want you to cover this guy, Lewis, and he's all yours. Or I do want you to take these chances because you have Harrison Smith on the back end who's going to mop up you know, any type of duty. And, and, and you know what the other thing is, too? He's going more to a zone coverage team that, that allows him to really range and go from sideline to sideline. And so you mentioned a guy like Troy Polamalu. I think he's really a mix between a Polamalu and an Ed Reed because he hits like Polamalu, but he has coverage ability and, and, and range like Ed Reed, who's who's a ball, you know, a ball hawk, probably the greatest ball hawk we've ever seen. That's the that's the best safety battle I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, when, most definitely. Whenever and yeah. they play twice a year every year. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying he's either one of these guys. I mean, because it's hard to live up to those those names. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see another Ed Reed that has 70-odd interceptions. We'll never see a Troy Polamalu that can start 15 yards, 20 yards downfield and come back and make a sack behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's those things are uncanny. You can't teach those things. But what I am saying is that put him in the perfect opportunity to allow him to range and be free and also with his football instincts and his high football IQ – you're getting an outstanding player. Now, I know we talked about all these guys like they're going to be pro bowlers, but I think they actually went to some of these situations where they can succeed. And they're the type of players that had they been on, if you take Lewis Cena and you put him on, on, on Notre Dame, would he have flashed like uh, – uh, what's the kid's name that was um, – Kyle Hamilton. Like Kyle Hamilton? Yeah, he would have. Matter of fact, he might have made more plays than Kyle Hamilton because he's much faster, like you mentioned. So – I, I just think that, you know, Minnesota fans should be excited. They picked up some extra picks. And like you mentioned, you're you're, you're picking high up in the, you know, the beginning of round two as well. There's still some guys on the board. A booth who I don't think is probably one of the best cover corners, but he can be a very long rangy corner for you in terms of that cover two uh, system that they run up there. I think it's a great system and great opportunity for for any of these guys, especially I'm gonna, what we're seeing up there. I'm gonna, name drop a, I'm gonna name drop a couple teams here that I typically don't do this, but obviously, listen, if you're a Minnesota fan and, and you know you're sitting there thinking about it, listen, at 34, you could go get Andrew Booth. But if Kyrie Elam is there at 34, I know you would have took him. I get it. I yeah. get it. Because that's the physicality you need. But listen, there's one thing that you you're one of your divisional opponents just got. That's Jamison Williams, okay? Yeah. Jamison Williams is a next-level speed, all right? Lewisine, and I hate to say this, but Lewisine from the safety position got cooked a little bit by Jamison Williams. Guess what that means? You need speed and physicality for that. I'm not saying saying Kyle Hamilton wouldn't have been able to do this, but guaranteed physicality, guaranteed speed – when you've got a guy like that and you've got God knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, whoever receiver he gets. Well, think about this too, Rob, that's four games indoor against a Jamison Williams. You know what I'm saying? So that you're talking about speed and, you know, on turf, it's much faster. I mean, heck, we saw these guys run outstanding numbers up there in Indianapolis at the combine because they're on that track speed, right. On those track fields. So um, I thought it was a perfect pick for them. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, listen, Jamison Williams and, and listen, I know if you're a Minnesota fan, Detroit's probably one of your last thoughts, but I'm telling you right now, Jamison Williams is a game changer. And this is coming from a Georgia team that's played Alabama twice last year. He's a game changer. Okay. 
you talk about you talk about Indianapolis and their speed at Indy. Listen, yeah. Like, if if he doesn't have his ACL injury, I'm telling you right now, he runs the fastest forty, and it's not even close. Not yeah, even. It close. might maybe maybe yeah. It's just different. It's just a different situation. Now, what Detroit does with him, will time will tell. Okay, time yeah. will tell. But listen, Lamar said it. I'm saying it again. You trade back twenty spots. You should. You yes, you could have gotten more value out of the twenty spot drop. However, at 32, Lewis seen is a perfect fit. You, Daxon Hill just goes in front of him, right? Think about this. Yeah. Cincinnati picks a safety. You don't know if there's, you know, a safety run. So get your safety. Get your nickel corner that you need. You need that help. You got it. Okay. Yeah. With that being said, NFL teams, you heard why you're in good hands with this Georgia team. But we're going to end it, right, for all these, these fans listening from the NFL fan bases. Listen. The NFL or Georgia is going to be good to the NFL. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. You saw five guys go to four different teams in the NFL and, and made their teams better. Okay. And night two, it's going to be the same thing. You're just going to see a lot more of it. But now you're starting to trickle in some offensive power. And I can't wait for that. If if you had to choose one player who you're most excited to see drafted tonight, who would it be? Man. Um, I mean, obviously George Pickens, I mean, he's always going to be a fan favorite. I mean, some of the acrobatic catches he was able to make, and you know what, not only that, because people got to remember when it was, uh, it came down to, uh, George committing and, you know, all of a sudden he switched from going from one school and then he, all of a sudden he says, nah, I'm going to Georgia. You know, he could have gone to Auburn. He immediately became a fan favorite. But I'm really interested to see where Cook goes. I, I really am because I think that in today's NFL system, you need two backs. You really need two backs. And I think you need, you know, that guy that's able to maybe run between the tackles because guys are so much faster now. I mean, you're not getting outside. There are no guys that are, you know, busting off 70-yard touchdown runs anymore. But to have that elusive second back that is a Swiss Army knife like Cook could be, I mean, he's not the size of his brother Delvin. You know, he's not that size, but he catches the ball much better. He runs routes like a wide receiver. And if he was a little bit bigger, he'd be like your guy down there in North Carolina, um, the running back over at the Panthers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey? Christian McCaffrey, if he was a little bit bigger. If he was a little bit bigger because of his ability to be able to run routes and his ability to be able to manipulate defenses. So I, I think I'm really interested in where Cook goes. Um we already talked about Zeus. I'm always going to be excited about him. Another fan favorite. I wish him nothing but the best. But I'm looking for all these guys to, to go to the best situation for them. I don't want them to get, you know, I don't want Pickens going somewhere with some slappy quarterback that can't get him the rock and he gets frustrated. I want Cook to go somewhere where he's going to be utilized the right way. And I want Zeus to really go and be that guy because he, he didn't really have the opportunity in, in Georgia to be fully the guy because of health, not only that, but plus a platooning system. I think no matter where these guys go, they're going to be successful, though. Look, looking at this right here, Lamar, as easy as it would be to say N'Kobe Dean, mm -hmm. I'm not doing that because I'm here <laughs> to make this entertaining, not amusing, <laughs> Okay. I'm not appeasing nobody. I'm making it entertaining. Right. I want to see, and I'm not even going to be a player. I want to see what the Falcons do tonight. Do they draft a Georgia player? You have multiple picks between these, these rounds. Listen, 
if Pickens is gone, I understand. But guess what? You get a rec- you know, do what you got to do, and you mm-hmm. can draft Jamari Sawyer. You could draft a running back, either yeah. Cook or Zeus. Yeah. There's options, Falcons. Listen, there's a lot of Georgia fans that are starting to despise the Falcons because they don't they don't pick. They don't listen, they don't pick Falcons, man. Like the Falcons don't pick Georgia players. And, and it is kind of crazy. Listen, I, I'm yeah. not a I'm not a fan of one specific team, but like you just got Lorenzo Carter, right? Dog, but you didn't draft him. Right, that's cool. You got a dog on your team. Give him some help from his alma mater, okay? And now is the time to do it. Hell, you can see Channing Tindall go. Pair him yeah. with Lorenzo Carter. And listen, if you're not familiar with Channing Tindall, go back to the Georgia Clemson game and watch him chase down from the backside, chase down uh, Will Shipley for a tackle yeah. for loss, for that matter. If you can get if you can get Kirk Herbstreit to say "Wow" on live TV, and that's all he can say, that tells me that speaks volumes. Lamar, that speaks absolute volume. But I want to tell you this. When you talk about Zeus and Cook, right, mm-hmm. I want to see where both of these guys go, obviously. But I'm telling you right now, I'm more interested to see where Zeus goes. You know why? Because Zeus actually ran a faster 40 time than uh, than Cook. Yeah, he did. Well, you know, again, when I had Emory Hunt on, he said the perfect spot for Zeus. And, and we're talking about a guy that's kind of like uh, Frank Gore, you know, coming off those ACLs who really has uh, to get yeah. into the NFL to find his sea legs. He said the perfect spot was actually Atlanta. So I'm going to be interested to see where, you know, if Atlanta would actually pull the trigger on Zeus, whether it be, you know, higher up in the second round, maybe they trade down from the third round back into the second round and get him. Cause I don't see them taking him early in the second, who knows. Um, but I think they need more offensive firepower to go with. Cause I, I wasn't sold on Drake London. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not. I think um, a lot of people actually feel that way. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I was looking at the timeline. I'm looking at my group messages. And I mean, people in Atlanta were pissed off and it. And it was something that, you know, I looked at and I said, I don't see it with the kid again. Pac 12 competition has not been the very best. I, I know he's got the size. I know he's got the basketball background, but I don't see the twitchiness. In Atlanta, you know, they want to star. And I don't, you know, I, big wide receivers are okay. But I see I see a less talented Michael Thomas that's down there in, in New Orleans when I look at Drake London. Less speed than Michael Thomas, less route running ability. So what happens to this guy? Does he kind of get swallowed up by the NFL talent? They need to go out there and get somebody that can actually take some heat off of him. Maybe some a running game. Maybe, I mean, you got Mariota down there, right? They're probably going to run that read option. Zeus is perfect for that to be able to be that hammer in between the tackles and open up a Cal Pitts, maybe a Drake London downfield with these bigger receivers. So I'm interested to see if Atlanta would pull the trigger on Zeus would be a perfect fit. He's going to be a fan favorite and he's going to be one of those guys that people actually come down to the stadium, down to Mercedes to watch play and, and actually restore the good graces of uh Falcon fans with Georgia, you know, Georgia alum. You know, listen, you talked about, the perfect fit being Atlanta. And it makes sense because your running back right now is Corderell Patterson. And mm-hmm. that's a receiver that changed, transferred into a running back. Yeah. Get you, get you a guy that can run, the, but we know, we know he can run between the tackles, mm-hmm. but he's got that break. He's, I wouldn't say breakaway speed, but I would say he's got the speed enough. Once he breaks loose, it's a wrap. And listen, if you're worried about his ACL injuries, there was a play where he, if you remember correctly, oh. he, he goes about, he about falls to the ground, but he, his, his squats, his, he keeps yeah. his knee up off the ground and falls in. I think that's Arkansas, I believe. That's so, the listen. same game when you look at it. He made so many cuts in that Arkansas game where he was proving everyone wrong about his knee. 
His jump cuts were phenomenal. His stop and go was phenomenal. He was really showing people that, you know what, I'm old Zeus now. I think the only thing that Zeus has to kind of get over, quite honestly, is that he looks to actually lay the lumber too much. You know, he's that guy now that, you know what, stop trying to put your your, your shoulder down and go through the guy. Fall forward, get a couple extra yards, you know, make that jump cut, you know, fall to the side a little bit. It's okay. You don't have to lay it. You don't have to step on someone's chest every play, Zeus. We know who you are. So I think if he learns that in the NFL, and especially you're not going to be able to do that in the NFL anyway. Now we're talking about the elite of the elite. You know, you got a Quay Walker that's on the other side who's not going to allow you to go through him, you know. So um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what he turns into, and I'm excited for him. Absolutely, man. Look, as we got Kirby's Bowser in here, just a distraught Falcons fan. Charles Cross was right there for the taking. He said they needed line of scrimmage help, and the Falcons took the receiver. Most Falcon things ever. Listen, to that defense, though, man, they have nothing at receiver, okay? <laughs> nothing at receiver. I get your point with Charles Cross being a bona fide pa- uh, pass protector. But get Mariota is a stopgap quarterback for your next quarterback, right? Like, I'm trying to be realistic here. You, I understand the protect your future, but at the same time, you at least show that you're trying to win now. Get a receiver to help Mariota so he ain't running for his life and throwing out of bounds every play, even on fourth down. Okay? Yeah. Listen, we're going to wrap this thing up, Lamar. We've talked about an hour long here, man. And I, you know what? Like I said, I knew coming in this was going to be a hot day for content because there's so much – to like about where these guys went, right? It's not like yeah. Trayvon going, and then like it's not like a Lewis scene going to Detroit where you, your career gets wasted, basically, right? Mm-hmm. There's some optimism for where our guys being, you know, first round picks actually went to good scenarios and good situations and good systems. Yeah, right? it's 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 a it's nice from a dogs fan to watch your guys go and honestly being teams and contenders that can contend and, and win rings and be and, and be. You know, you're not forced into shitty situations. You know what I mean? So I as, as, as we move on tonight, we move on to Saturday, right, prepping for Monday. Obviously, guys, Monday we're going to recap the entire draft where all the guys went from nights two and three. Listen, it's worth watching because there's still a lot of dogs we've just already talked about. Go back and listen if you need to. There's a lot of dogs that are probably going to get there, more than likely actually going to get their names called tonight, right? So stay tuned for the NFL draft tonight because you're going to hear more Georgia being called. I promise you that. All right. And Kirby and Trey Scott and even Todd Munkin are going to sit there and they're going to talk to these. Rec- they're going to talk to the recruits. Hey, look at what we're doing in the draft. Look what right? we just did. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal Jarrett, you're good, good, uh, good kid, man. You, Trey Scott, I'm sure it's looking Hey, see what Jordan Davis just did. Right. You know, those comparisons we talked about. Right. That could mm-hmm. be you. Right. Just saying. All right. With that being said, though, Lamar, it was a pleasure having you on. Thanks for breaking down this situation with the draft picks and everything. Tell everybody about 100 Sanford State and everything about it and just tell where people can find you, man. Hey, man, 100 Sanford Podcast is available, you know, www.100sanfordpodcast.com. You can always find us. Usually our shows come out every Thursday. Right now we are revamping, getting ready to relaunch a whole new campaign for the show. Always got big time guests on. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, anywhere that you turn on your, uh, your, 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 you know, whether it be Spotify, Apple, doesn't matter. We're there. <clears throat> Not only that, we also got the Sports Podium podcast. That's the second podcast I'm a part of. You can reach us there at Twitter at Sports Podium Pod. We come out every Tuesday, talk all sports 
especially uh, you know the NFL, college, obviously the NBA, but just did the uh, the NFL preview and NFL show. So uh, you can find me there. And uh, anytime you want to reach me, you know, you can reach out to me at at Mar Lovelace one on Twitter and you can reach me at, you know, um, what is it? 100 Sanford on the on Twitter as well. So, hey, I loved it, Rob. I love that. Uh, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. All right, guys. With that being said, go give him a follow. Give 100 Sanford Stadium Pie follow. Right. Give Lamar a follow. And remember, like, subscribe, follow yourself here at the DGD Podcast or go to dgdpodcast.com. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast: YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook as well. With that being said, listen, dogs making history. Last night, five defensive players in the first round, most ever Ooh. in history. Suck on that, Alabama. All right, and <laughs> listen, for that matter, uh, you know, number one overall, Georgia just tied for the most overall number one picks ever. That's uh, right. Ever. So, listen, it's a, the year of the dog continues, my man. Uh, with that being said, have a great Friday, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in Monday. We're going to have Tim Worley recapping the entire draft. Have a great day, and go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks for listening to the DGD Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to the DGD Podcast YouTube channel, where you can watch live Mondays and Fridays at noon Eastern. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the DGD Podcast. And check out the website at www.dgdpodcast.com.